Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you beautiful people out there doing on this lovely day? It is June 7th. It is a Monday. It was a little rainy here last night, but that's okay. But um, I will say this before I start this podcast. This podcast might trigger some people. So if you're really sensitive, I suggest you stop listening now. And if you're not sensitive, please understand I'm sharing a story that unfortunately a lot of uh, people share um, in common. They share in common. So that's just what it is now. I am a certified life coach for those who don't know that part of me. And pretty soon I have an event coming up that's addressing the strained relationships between black mothers and black daughters. And I feel it's an important conversation because it's a conversation that's really taboo. And a lot of us women at one point get offended at we as we feel I would say the audacity of our children telling us that we were a bad parents or it is some things that they felt unjust about or even to some ways that we might have played into their insecurities um, made them feel less than and all other type of things that we sometimes would like to ignore or try to justify instead of just letting our children express how they feel and us expressing that you know what I was wrong and then proceeding to letting each each other end on each other's perspective it is really a great blessing for some of us that has chosen to get therapy in our later years I'm 38 years old so I was born in the 80s and for like a few of our folks that's like my mother generation that was born in the 60s and 70s that has chosen to get therapy for different reasons. And the thing about mental health and therapy, no matter what you start going for, no matter what the age, if you're going for because you're stressed out now or dealing with depression now and you're aware that you're dealing with it, if you continue to go, it will take you through a journey for you to go all the way back to start healing that child that was broken for whatever reason in different generations have different reasoning. So I am going to be very transparent with the next few episodes and the next things that I have to say, because one thing I do not mind doing is sharing a story from the beginning to the ugliness of it, the reality of what you come out of. And maybe, I don't know, some other people can take what I've been through and Maybe adjust. Now, if it don't apply, let it fly, as they say. But for some of us, we have really put some damaging daggers into our children. So I will go on ahead and start. I was 17 years old when I had my daughter. I was just a kid myself. I got pregnant like any other teenager getting pregnant is because I was having sex. Did I really like the boy? 
No, but he showed me some attention. And at that point, mentally, let me tell you where I was. Because I was considered at that size, plus size. And because I didn't have conversations about my sexual assault and the things that was going on as a child. I got in this mind code of being on the standard of a, I knew I was fuckable. But I didn't realize that I deserved or was worth quote unquote love. This is what we do. And because of how I viewed sex, not to tie into my emotions, because I had a very hard exterior. It was like, shit, as long as you give me my motherfucking money, it is what it is. I don't fuck for free. And in our community, for most of us, I was, see, for me, my mother was saved. I was raised in the church. So my sexual conversation was, I better not come in this house with no babies. And you ain't supposed to have sex before you're married. Okay? And that was it. For my cousins that kind of heard about me on the streets from they, you know, younger homeboys or whatever the case may be. Because I did mess with some older dudes. Way older because I looked older. I was taller, very shapely, blah, blah, blah. And my next sex talk was, hey, cuz, <laughs> what you not going to do? is be out here fucking these niggas for free every nigga will pay for pussy just just what it is you put a price on it at first because you ran around here giving it away for free you're gonna get some resistance but give it time niggas will pay set their standards and they'll pay and then for those that's my generation what what shot that mental space in my head is aol and stuff got to popping so now my physical look to people outside of my community was attractive. And I realized at that moment that everybody don't think alike, but the game is still the same, still in my ignorance. So from that little snippet, which I get further into my life and all that stuff in other podcasts and different situations. But for those that's listening, y'all kind of get the just. So when I had sex with my daughter's father it was just pretty much those type of transactions and he lived next door and for anybody that grew up in a black household with a christian mama know your booty call was next door that is the closest living in penis that you're ever going to get at a young age <laughs> should i've been having sex i'm not gonna say that and i'll tell you the reasons not i just should have been loving myself better to understand the power of a lot of things that I understand being close to 40. Nevertheless, let's get back to the topic again. So I got pregnant. I had this baby. Um, you know what I'm saying? And with having this baby, I was expected to know how to be a mother. I was expected. And when this baby was born, because I shamed my mother because she went to church because I was a young preteen that was pregnant lord knows that mean i was having sex i was sinning you know and because you couldn't technically shame the child you shamed the parent y'all know how the black churches is you know how it is so instead of somebody preparing me for what we thought could have been motherhood i went through my pregnancy shamed also since i got pregnant and was not happy about the family that i got pregnant by and the things that I went through 
of him not claiming my child and this, this, that. And it was horrible. Like it went through, you know, fighting with the sisters and all type of crazy ass shit. So going outside the house, I had to deal with these fuck people that live next door and him trying to convince the world that I'm lying and this ain't his baby. Y'all know what it's going through. Then have to come home and actually be ashamed to a certain extent because I'm 17 years old. I didn't got pregnant and my mother's in the church and this is just the most shameful act, period. So I went through the pregnancy, depressed. It is what it is. I had my baby. At 17 years old, I got my act together in school because before this is where I say maybe it was a blessing for me because before I got pregnant and I was in high school, pure transparency moment, my grade point average in high school was like a 1.65, I think. Who child? But I had my daughter and I told her, I said, you know what? The least she going to know is I graduated from high school. Fuck that. That's crazy. So I graduated from high school. Let y'all know I graduated with a 3.45, somewhere around there. Um, the point is, my ass hustle and bustle. Got my diploma, right? But as I went to school, I also had a job. So once I got up in the morning at 6 or 5.30, I had to get her up because she slept in the bed with me. And this is, I had a very good, my first baby was very good at sleeping. I had privileges, meaning I had a wonderful, great uncle and a great aunt that was my babysitter for, for my baby while I went to school. And then when I got home and had to go to work at Burger King, my mother was my babysitter for that. So I didn't get kicked out and I did have help. But I knew nothing about being no damn mama. All I knew is I had this baby and it belonged to me. And one thing I knew is I had to be financially responsible for this baby because I always had a job. I had a job at 15. Mama taught me how to work. And she got things and I had help. My family for whoever going to listen to me, my cousins came through, gave me stuff. Jada had all type of new stuff because of my older cousins that was in their 20s and mid-20s was at that age, as we say, quote unquote, supposed to be having kids. They just had had kids and blah, 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 blah. And I, I had that type of help. So as far as that part, taking care of her, she was clean. She definitely ate every day. She had a house, um, all the little clothes, all the little shoes. <clears throat> but let me tell you where now where I look back back and the parts where I had to apologize to my child about the damages that I caused as my child got older I felt like I'm going to protect her from sexual assault she ain't about to be around none of the the cousins she ain't about to go around none of these boys and Long as I keep her from being touched on, I ain't even got to worry about her ever having sex because that's all I knew. And because I had a very, very close friend and she had a daughter around the same age as my daughter and she was not promiscuous or was even involved in sex. In my mind, I'm like, see, it works. As long as we keep motherfuckers from touching on them and invading their bodies, they're not going to ever ever want to do this because they're not exposed to it right wrong (laughs) I never ignored I always ignored the signs because I had to I figured that I didn't have to have this talk with her because I kept her from all this stuff 
And that, as far as I know, uh, my child has never had to endure that. But that didn't keep her from being sexual curious. That's where I started. And then at one point, I remember when my child was about 10, 11, I believe she was about sixth grade. That's about sixth grade age. Lord Jesus, help me. Um, and she was getting a little chunky. I ridiculed her and then talked about her. I talked about her to the point my child developed an eating disorder. I talked about her because I was so scared of what the kids might do to her because of what they did to me. And technically, I wasn't plus size. I was just bigger than all the other girls in height and weight. Going back, looking back, I was thicker than thickum thickums. But I was bigger than all the other kids and all the other girls. And I was only popular because I was fuckable and I was having sex. So all the boys liked me from popular, not popular, in between, whatever. They liked me because as a teenager, you're just trying to get your penis wet. And I was the person that probably got your penis wet until I realized that at least you had to pay for pussy. Where my fucking money? So I didn't deal with anybody in my high school because they didn't have drug dealer money and all the other stuff that was going on. So nigga, we can't talk. So now I have an attitude and I'm a cocky because of the lessons that I've been learned, that, that I've been taught and the guidance that I had. So nevertheless, let's get back to my child. I, the things that I used to say would be on the lines, you don't need to eat all that because you don't want to get fat. Or this, this is the, this is the kicker. When she would try on something, it'd be like, oh, girl, you really need to stop eating. Oh, girl, I can't believe you already in a whole nother size. Oh, Jada, you, um, I can't believe I just bought these pants and you busting out these pants already. I thought that was a way of criticizing her to, I guess, shame her. And I felt like as I did it as her mother because I'm doing it out of quote unquote love that she could understand and get it. That's that's harmful. Also, as things got as she got older and I had other children and got to my last child, because all my kids is very gappy. I have a 21-year-old, a 17-year-old, and now finna be nine in a month. My last daughter, and this is something that I'm going to say I do and notice that some other people do. If you don't do it, like I said, if it don't apply, let it fly. But I did it because... We are conditioned as a people that your special child or your gifted child is the one that can do a talent that can make them famous or a lot of money. Like you realize that your son got boxing skills or he's great with a football or your daughter can sing or she portrays to want to act and you see the passion and it's like, man, that's my I'm going to make it child. Do we ever once sit and think about how the other children feel? Do we ever once sit and go back and say to our other children, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't think that you've been with me for so long and it's one child. Not only do we feel, tell them that they special, we subconsciously mold everybody else in the house. To make themselves considered less than to praise that one particular child that you've deemed your special child. And you know what's so crazy? For the longest, it didn't even dawn on me. 
And how did it become to dawn on me is like I said at the beginning of this segment, I started to go through therapy. I've been going through therapy because you have to. Then when it got to the point where I really dug into self-care, self-worth, shadow work, and really healing that inner child in me. Going back and seeing that maybe it's some things that I was wrong and I owed an apology. My kids are human. They're mine because I gave birth to them, but I gave birth to humans that have their own feelings, their own emotions, they own everything. But because I'm conditioned in a way that this belongs to me, you're mine, I am stupid enough to believe that I own your feelings and I can tell you how to feel and how you should feel. And I can't understand why you feel a certain type of way like I forgot when I was a kid. Like I forgot that how it felt when I got bullied. The only difference is I could fight, beat their ass and shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter that it doesn't erase the fact that my feelings were still hurt. It doesn't erase the fact that I cried at home in my room by myself at night. It didn't erase the fact that it still made me feel less than even though they wasn't going to really step to my face. And if you did, you had to come with that, that, that pressure. And I still was not going to back down. Anybody's from my hometown know, or they already know, you can bring it if you want to. But I still felt a certain type of way because I still had to go through the emotion of how it felt. You know what I'm saying? I imposed everything that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. Onto my oldest child. And it was a point where I had to really sit down and set her down and say, I owe you apologies. And before we get to that, I want you to tell me, how do you feel about me? Where have I wronged you at? Where have you felt less than, not equal to, or anything of that sort? Because we have had rocky moments. And she began to explain to me the moments that she felt like I loved my son more than I loved her. The moments that she felt that she was ignored because she was with my mother. The fact that I had to apologize for the choices I made in picking her father's at the time. Because regardless of how that man acted, he still was my choice. Regardless of what he done after the fact that I got pregnant, it still was my choice. She didn't ask to be here just like I didn't ask to be here. Now, my responsibility in that choice to explain to her, how does she not make the same choices? And it's not because of what faith you put into somebody else. It's because of how I want to give you the worth that was not instilled in me. And that's the thing. When we're growing up as black girls, we're not most of us, most of us, because this might not apply to you. But most of us are not instilled with worth or value. We are taught what we bet not do. We are policed to how we should walk, how we should talk, what we should do. And then told what we need to have at the end of the finish line for us to feel like women. For those who grew up in the church and who didn't. You was taught at a very, 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 very early age that as a girl, you are allowed to do this and do that. Men never had no limit unless 
you crossed over into a feminine line. And even to that was hypocrisy to a certain extent. But I get to that as well. I said all of that and hopefully my train and it's it's going to be many moments, especially when I have guests and um, they can share their stories and all of that. The point of all of this to my women, I'm only talking to black women because I want us to heal. If you Mexican white and it applies, it's time for us to have conversations. I also during this, my mother started to go through therapy as well because my father has Alzheimer's. He's had it for quite some time and dealing with that is very stressful being a spouse. So when they give you groups to go and talk to and you seek therapy, that's where it starts. But even in my mother's therapy, she was able to offer me something that I know a lot of my black sisters is not going to have. And that's apologies. Like, yes, I'm glad that you made it, but it's some situations that I look back on and I can say, you know what? I was wrong. That release makes the mind so much easier to deal with because now you don't have to question. Are you crazy? Was I wrong? Thank you for letting me know my feelings was valid because as mothers or parents, I can only, I can speak as a mother because I ain't never been no man. But as mothers and parents, I feel like we're our first children's audience. We can show them many things. We need to learn to do more than just protect them and financially give to them. We always are here to police children to say what they feel, what they should feel, because they don't deal with the everyday stuff that we deal with at the age that we deal with. We're quick to say they shouldn't have any stressors and things like today. Today is not the same as when we was growing up versus when our parents was growing up. I ain't never, ever had to go nowhere and look for real and be only drink from a certain type of water fountain or go to a certain type of school or deal with certain type of suppressions. But what I did have to deal with is growing up in a small town, predominantly white, then next is Mexican, and then it's a handful of black folks. It's enough of us, but where I grew up, it is predominantly white. And then a handful of black folks that you grew up with, we were clusters of families. You had the Johnsons, you had the Masons, you had the Williams, you had um, your uh, other sets, sets of families. And we were large families like most black folks in the president, present generation before us. You know, they was with the eight sisters, 16 sisters, like sisters and brothers, siblings. Let me say that they was with numbers of siblings. And then our generation was the ones that kind of start putting caps on that four, five, six, seven, eight. It's a few of them still out there in my generation, but it ain't many of us. Most of us just got three, two, and then the next generation a lot of them ain't even think about having kids, but that's basically how the, the breakdown then went. So when I grew up in my town, if you wanted to know about something, you got to talk to people. That mean I got to wake up the next day, tell such and such. They got to make it across town to tell such and such and then give it about a week or two. It'll be all over the school where we, we know we're not in that time. Y'all know that. Also, with the spread of things is where we can see a whole lot of things that's out here. Now I can see and step into things that can reach my children that could not reach me is way different. So I said all that to say it is really asinine to think that your kids do not deal with pressure. Even to bullying. 
we're quick as adults to say it's some punk ass kids out here because bullying is at an all time high. Well, a lot of us grew up with cluster of families. You started playing the dozen. Some of y'all know, like I said, we grew up with our mamas and them having eight kids, this whole bunch of cousins and whatever. Most of us spent a lot of time together, cousins, cluster, family. So most likely, if you mess with one of us, you go mess with six, seven, eight, nine of us. And it was wars. And those who grew up in my city know that if you had families, you just ain't messing with one. You tried to catch one of us by ourselves, but one of us was one, two, three of us against six of y'all. You get what I'm saying? Now that people are not having many kids, it's one person against the internet. Because now I can put something out here and she's not going to have only the 2,600 students at her school or his school calling him a name, dealing with things, dealing with these pressures. Now you got a million people, 500,000 people from everywhere that don't know you but still can really kill you. That's a lot. That's a lot. Going to school, knowing that they're disorders and nope, they we didn't have them back then. Anxiety, you see, did it just come on? No, we had them. They just didn't have names for them. And as black kids, we wasn't allowed to have any emotions, especially as black women. We were taught to be strong. You go out there, you get it how you get it. And then we're taught to hustle so hard that one day you will find this man that will be a relief to you. Wrong. I was taught how to cook to be a wife. You better learn how to cook or you ain't going to have no husband. You better learn how to keep your house clean or you ain't going to have no husband. Girl, you better learn how to shut the hell up or you ain't going to have no husband. You better do this or you ain't going to have no husband. Or don't let you be. And then it gets reversed for some black girls that do hold themselves for whatever reason they hold themselves for. Get older and then start making adult decisions with their body that they do and then let it go on too long. First, yep, that's right. Don't be a statistic. That's right, my sister. You get it. Then about 25, 30, what do we do when you about to get a man? When you going to have you some kids? 30, 35, you still ain't got a man. You still ain't got no kids. And this same person could have a doctrine, own a business, big ass house, on 22 acres of land, came up with the cure for cancer, made everybody seeing Q-P-I-I, and at the end of the day, you're going to look at her and be like, but you ain't got no husband, no. And you ain't had no kids? Mm. Even to us to think that we're involved, when is the last time that we, for us, haven't tried to police our daughters for shit that we was insecure about? And if you ain't never did it, kudos to you. Because I wish I did not have that stupidity in me when I was raising my first daughter. But unfortunately, I did. Unfortunately, I did. Now, once I have applied the apologies and justified her feelings, if she wants to come to me to get an understanding. Let me repeat that. Once I have apologized because she's old, justified her feelings because she owed and if she chooses to come to have an understanding of why this happened then I'm all open for that and why I say it's it's a choice because she doesn't have to understand why I fucked up what I need to do is do better period because what you can't do is apologize for the stuff that you've done even if you give the apologies but the behavior has not changed and you continue to keep doing it to the rest of your children or let give her an apology, but you have to understand with this apology, 
only just not only am I apologizing, but make sure you forgive me or your my apology. I'm going to kind of take it back a little bit, but you got to forgive me, though, because I was da 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 da. But to continue with your or this one, I'm your mother. I'm the only one you got. And that doesn't justify for you to have to continue to treat or mistreat your children, even in their adulthood, because it don't just stop as kids. You continue with the same behavior if you don't recognize it and stop it. And that's one thing that I had to learn. And it doesn't stop with just one conversation as I heal. And as things pop into my head, like, oh, my God. Ooh, did you do that? Yes, you did do that. And it's not a life of constantly. I'm going to apologize every time the situation come up or bring it up. I want to give you a little nugget. This is where I was wrong. This is where I think I didn't take your emotions in consideration. This is where I think that. This could give you a little peace because I was wrong. Also to know to look down and to do different things, not because of trying to win someone over, because I'm realizing I gave birth to my children and my real job is to protect them while they're young, give them all the information they can to produce into this wonderful world but allow them to grow into whatever human being they allow to grow into it's my job to raise my children but to expose them to everything and I do mean everything because I don't choose for the world to raise my kids I choose for me to raise them and to see what is going on out here Do I do a whole lot of things differently with my other two that I did with my first one? Oh, my God. Yes, I do. Even to my son. I have realized this is something. And if this is another trigger, if you're going to be triggered, walk away. Walk away, sis. It was a moment where my son. At 12, 13, 14 years old. Let me tap the mic. Had was able to have a transparent conversation with me when he told me because of my behaviors that it was a point where he would have never, ever dated a black woman. And I know the first thing a lot of y'all going quick to say, well, he can't judge life. Mind you, he's still just 17, so he's still experiencing life before you go to say that off of one black woman. But let me hear the kicker. When he went to explain, like you don't understand, Every time I see you, every time I see granny, every time your friends are around and everything that only thing that he's exposed to is angry, yelling, full of hate. The things that we say, because we also say, oh, he don't know what we're talking about. He might not know what we're talking about, but he can feel our emotions to the point. I'm so full of insecurities, mistreatment. Hatred in this situation that I didn't even hug my kids on a regular basis or tell them I love them on a regular basis. And like I said, this might not be you. If it doesn't apply, once again, let it fly. But this was me. This is some of the areas that we was wrong. I coddled my son because I felt bad that he didn't have a father like my child. My daughter didn't have a father. 
But even to that, it's a lot of moments that I missed that this is going to be a conversation for later. But as my true friends say, semicolon, however, comma, he could have been a better father if I allowed him to be the father he wanted to be and not the father that I wanted him to be. He could have been better. But since I policed his fathering because it didn't look like how my mother raised us, it wasn't fathering to me. So even after we divorced and went through what we went through, guess what I did? Went back to you and said, hey, you know what? You wasn't all bad. It was some situations as a black woman. I should have got out your way because it didn't look how it should have looked. But I apologize for that. You wasn't a hundred percent trash. I'm gonna take my responsibility and have my accountability. Thank you. You have a nice day. Now back to what I'm talking about. <laughs> when he told me that my first response, and I got a YouTube video about it. I didn't understand it before, but I love telling the story. I was fucking appalled. Negro, how dare you? I clothed you. I feed you. I moved you out of that raggedy ass city. Um, let me stop that. Cause my city, I'm from Elkhart, Indiana. I love my city. It's just small. And let me say, I moved him out that raggedy ass situation that I was in. Back up. So anyway, you're pretty much cool. You know, you ain't got no worries. You got every game system on the earth, blah, 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 blah. But like you said, mama, you never told me you love me. And once again, back to where I grew up, we grew up in a predominantly white place. So you were going to have white friends. That's just, it just was, it, you did not grow up in this place and you didn't have no white friends. It was almost impossible. So what I didn't understand is when he would go over to his little friend Ashley house, the chaos that was in my house was not in his house. When he would go over to the other white friend house, the chaos that was in my house was not in my house, their house, or it didn't presume to present itself that way. Cause I don't know what, you know, them couples went through underneath, but they just didn't act a certain way. Let's put it like that. And also my behavior was a reflection of where I was and what I chose to as a woman to deal with. Once again, his environment was a reflection from choices that I chose to deal with for many, many reasons. Insecurities, not feeling good about myself, self-worth plummeted. Didn't even know I had no worth thinking realistically because my mother went through this and stood strong and stood in there with that black man and dealt with all these things this is what i'm supposed to do this is the trenches this is what happened and one day when we 40 and 50 and 60 and really can't cheat and do this fucked up shit that we're doing to one another or ding 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 we go to church and get saved then all this will come to an end no it won't but nevertheless that's how i thought but the beauty of it is let me tell you what he said coming out of the conversation. He said, you are also the same black woman that showed me that all I want is a black woman. And you know what he said? He said, mama, I watch you heal. I watch you become something. I saw the true strength in the woman that I desire. That means that I can look at myself, recognize where the things went wrong, regardless if it was 100% my fault or from bad behaviors or things that got passed down through generations. I chose to say I'm not going to continue to do them because they, they're still being done. I'm going to swallow this big pill and face this man in the mirror and say, oh, my God, I have work to do. He also he said to the point where. I understand now I can understand the struggles and even to the growth of just simply healing and communication. 
It's not your fault sometimes. Now it's understanding. Now, of course, as a black man, he couldn't be grown an adult man and say those things. How he said them, because we don't give black men room to ever address anything that they went through as a kid because, you know, they don't get abused and they don't have the same reparations. And they don't, of course, they don't deal with their mothers that blame them that they're not their fathers. Of course, they don't deal with getting beat half to death because they mad that the, the they're mad that the baby that they had to trap the nigga didn't work and he not coming home and he's still with his wife. So you take it out on your son because he looked just like his father and you tell him how he ain't shit because his daddy ain't shit or you just like your father. You just like your father. As the child keeps seeing you cry, your feelings getting hurt, arguments and fighting and you've told this boy since he was five that he's just like the man that you chose that you chose to lay with even under the conditions, but he ain't shit. But of course, that's not abuse and neglect. Girl, you know that. So, you know, we there. That's where it's at. So now we're at a point where with some of us, we're still arguing at the fact that we have damaged our young girls. We're arguing at the fact that we just don't want to accept that conversation. Cool. And then it's going to be some that's listening to this and be like, that's great. Your mama got therapy and she was able to apologize. That's great, Ebony, that you found yourself and you was able to tell your daughter what you told her for the for real growth. And that's what it is. My mama ain't going to never. And this portion is for you young ladies. She may never. But this is where healing for self comes in because that's where you come to understanding. Now, do you, if your mother refuses to change the toxic behavior that has went on your whole life, you do not, I repeat, you do not have to deal with your mother's toxic behavior just because she's your mother. You can understand it and love her ass from over there. Still set your boundaries as an individual. I don't care what the acronym or the verb or the adverb or whatever attached to that. Your boundaries, you deserve your peace. I don't care who it is, your mama, your father, your kids, the church, whoever, your job. I don't care. You deserve your boundaries, but it doesn't make you upset because you understand she came from a generation that she's just not going to be set out. You've forgiven her. You've forgiven. Oh, sorry about that. Um, it got cut. It's going to be a little pause in between there. But nevertheless, like I was saying, I hope from these transparent moments that maybe it give some of us something to think about and start mending these relationship between either you and your mother or you and your children or shoot a whole stream of both. Also, I hope we get the conversation talking about in our community about these things that happen so we can start having understandings and healing as we move forward. I already understand that it is going to be a trigger for some people and a lot of folks ain't ready and that's okay. But those of us that's already, those of us that are in a position that they want to start the healing and see that the purpose is great. Then let's come together and have these conversations and then live a life to show people the power of healing and see how when you're really in tune with yourself and moving upon yourself to do greatness in you, whatever that greatness look like, being your best 
imperfect you because you're still human. You're going to make mistakes. That's just life. That's just how that is. But we can make the situation better with us healing one place at a time on some levels. So I hope that from that and this, that, you know, it's just a conversation that just should be started. And like I said, it's going to be some people that trigger it. And I do apologize for that. But it's time for us to start. The most important conversations aren't the prettiest or the funniest, but they're important. Hey, 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 good people out there. Welcome to Coffee with Mrs. Crawford. How are you guys doing? Hey, I hope everybody is well. I hope everybody had a great week and celebrated with your family and friends. If you did so, I hope everybody is on their way. Ooh, I cannot believe I am 10 episodes in to my podcast and I feel super, super, super duper excited Um, I feel so excited that I want to thank all my listeners that have been listening to me thus far. I do appreciate each and every one of you guys for being there and listening to me and taking your time out because you can be listening to anybody and yet you chose me and I am so appreciative of that fact. Trust and believe. So for my listeners out there. Anybody that is listening to this particular episode, what I need you to do is go to um, either my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Ebony Crawford. Excuse me. It's Ebony underscore Crawford. Find me under there. Or you can find me on TikTok, Ebdelibra1982. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, um, Coffee with Mrs. Crawford. You know what? Actually, that's what I want you to do. Go to my YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed, subscribe to my YouTube channel and go to any video. And I want you to leave the comment podcast episode 10. That's what I want you to do. And from that point, I will pick a person to send a nice little gift to. And I will comment and get your contact information. I'm going to send you a nice little self-care package. Um, as an appreciation for listening to my podcast. And that's how I know you listen because you're going to follow the directions. Once again, go to my Coffee with Mrs. Crawford YouTube channel. Either subscribe if you have not subscribed. If you are already subscribed, leave the comment podcast episode 10 on any video that you want to watch. And I know who you are and who to choose from. So... Hey, 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 let's get into it. Let me get my sage burn. You know, let me make sure, you know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Make sure we get the vibes right before we get into this thing. So, you know, as a life coach, I'm always at the point where I'm trying to help others grow. And the best thing about growth is experiencing going through something. And I think what helps a lot of people take it to the next step and be able to take accountability or, you know, make that step to go to a therapist is when you hear somebody else give a testimony or say some things that you may be going through that you don't want to express or say in a public fashion. And that's what I appreciate so much about my purpose, man, that 
I'm not trapped in a box of, you know, hiding behind things because I know that I'm flawed. And I also know that I cannot be the, that gifted to be the only person going through it. And even if I am, thank you for the gift. So I have time to spread the knowledge for the help you come on through that thing. So, um, one thing that I want to talk about is I'm, I am dealing with something very personal, but I'm glad I am dealing with it in, in the way that I'm dealing with it so I can help people, especially people like me. Um, and I just got out of, the, of a relationship with a narcissistic person <laughs> and I didn't realize that that's what they were until you come all the way through. And you know what's so crazy? And I still thank my lucky charms that I met this person. I still thank the universe for sending this person my way because baby, this person was a true reflection of everything that I did not, that I was and shit that I did not want to be. And I am so happy that I was at a point in my life where I was ready to heal or accepting whatever that was that I needed to heal it was going to do. And that meant seeing myself or Lord accountability, which is a tough pill to swallow, but I I got it down because it ain't like I was who picture perfect. I had some shit to do. And I, you know what? And that was my biggest thing because it's being a Libra. I don't really care what the masses have to say about me, but the people that are close to me or I deem important the opinion of me really, really mattered. It altered and swayed my thought process in a lot. And the one thing that um, was a big thing for me is because I'm a protector. And so in my relationship, because y'all know I'm going to give it to you raw. I don't go while talking about somebody if I don't talk about me first. So, you know, I'm going to give it to you cut, dry, and raw. That's what I do. So buckle up. So nevertheless, however the comma, I'm a person of a... Uh, of a protector. When I feel like I love you, I do my best to protect you. That's mentally, spiritually, and even to how other people was made for other people. I said, people's Lord Jesus, other people may perceive you. So one of the downfalls in me and my husband marriage, uh, and my, huh, one of the things that me and my husband need to grow from is me trying to protect him from the world. Because overall, he was a great person and a good black man. And we know in this society, it ain't many of them out here as we as we feel. So I was so ignorant to the point where I felt like if you had certain flaws or certain things that you needed to grow from, uh, I couldn't reveal that to anybody because then that will diminish this this perfect picture that I have built up in my mind and perfection. In my mind, wasn't necessarily flawed free, but it's just like he lacked communication skills. Shit, so did I. Um, he still was in a point of being impressionable, trying to work so hard to appease somebody. So did I. Our communication <laughs> wasn't trash, but it was not that great either because I was not communicating for results. I was communicating to prove that I was right. That's a Libra thing. Uh, and then I also learned because of the position and the purpose that me and my husband have, because we was, we were destined for each other that I had to heal first and then he will follow because he trusted me. 
my husband has mental disabilities and mental disorders and I did not live in that truth and neither did he because hell black men get persecuted for the worse you know what I'm saying and you try so best to be normal that you try to really not to depend on that and also when you love somebody I don't care who you are when you love somebody you don't want to put more burden on them than you can bear but nevertheless me and my husband was at a point where I know we were good, but it was something just fucked up because I was crying all the fucking time, mad, but can't communicate, frustrated because I'm not communicating to listen. I'm communicating for him to tell me I'm right. But going into it already prepared for at some point to kind of push him out the door because I'm still holding on to the traumas of my last relationship because how we came together. I was over the man, but I wasn't over the traumas and I kind of lived him up to those certain extents. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I said? If I'm a tell it, I'm a tell it all. So you go through those things and you, you learn how to process them. And it's like, wow, you do what you do. And some couples have have to learn that. That's why when I say in a poly community, hey, fuck them couples. I'm a great couple, but it's some couples that are refusing just to do things that they're supposed to do. And if you don't heal properly, couples can't see the singles that's coming into your life to wreck y'all either. So it's it's a cycle of a whole bunch of things. But nevertheless, however, the comma, the breakup did not go as well as we wanted it to go because it was kids involved. And when you involve kids, I don't care if you're monogamous, polyamorous, whatever the case may be, you don't want to hurt the children in the process. You just don't want to do that. So you try your best to be as civil as possible. And it do get to a point where with me, with us, it didn't get like blown up out in the street, messy. Well, not for my end, um, but it did not end on the best result between all of us. And for that, you know, you take your blows when you take your blows. But the thing that had got me is I was not mad because no matter what had happened, I knew the growth process and everything that I saw from my issues to my strong issues that was just stuff I dealt with, the traumas that I was able to see. Thank you. Thank you so much for them keys. Because regardless of how it is, that person still came with them keys. And I was happy that I made the choice to unlock those doors. But the thing that had got me at the end is because I wasn't mad and I was never upset. Like, ah, da, 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 da. But I think the thing that got me is when I was able to really start to see this person. And see them for who they was when the layers peeled back piece by piece. And the moment that I realized that I was with a narcissist, I almost couldn't believe it. So this is the part of the story where it's the message and people go through what they go through. Because of my strong personality and how I viewed myself, I didn't ever think that I would end up with a narcissist. But... Here we are. 
And with the spirit that I had had, anybody that's a Libra already know we will think and we will think and we will think and we will think and we will go back and be like, okay, especially those of us Libras that are at a point of healing, because the whole point that we're thinking about is why is it bothering us? You didn't blocked off the energy when people didn't came to you with the, you know, because anytime anybody go through a breakup, somebody's going to be the one that's running their mouth or saying something and people going or people just being messy, trying to figure out all what didn't happen. So you already know that you're super mature for that. You already know that it's going to be like, hey, nothing, whatever somebody told you, because sometimes people will just flat out lie to fish. I know that too. So I said, whatever she told you, told you, because then you ain't got no information. And if she did tell you anything, it is what it is. Cause I'm not here to rebuttal or debute anything. But my biggest thing, and I think a lot of people where they can't move past and I'm here to help you is I think we get wrapped up in how did we get here? And then that little urge for, I'm about to tell you about your motherfucking self. How could you? That speech. It's like we looking for that moment to tell that person how they fucked us over. But the, the, the trick about that is that person already know. That person already knows what they did and what they didn't do and what they're going to do and what they're going to continue to do. It's already a master plan. And how to be comfortable with letting that spirit die. And this is what you do. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that somewhere in yourself that when you see this person, you would love to slap the fucking shit out of this person. But you can't. Because what purpose does it serve? All that energy that you're walking around waiting. I can't wait to see them because it ain't like you going you still a bigger person, so you ain't going to put it out on no Facebook. You're not going to hit them up on no Instagram. You probably got them blocked from everything because every day, day by day, you're moving on and you're, you're the bigger person, so you mature. But in the back of your mind on some days, it's still fucking with you. Like, what is it? Because I'm not upset and I'm not heartbroken. You know what I'm saying? You go through that emotion. I'm not heartbroken where I'm up in no tears or crying and no shit like that. I'm not in no eating binges or whatever. And it doesn't really cross my mind. But from time to time, when you peel back to pieces and you have those conversations, it's like, what is it that keeps poking me on the shoulder? And it's that little spirit to be like, you know what? You thought that you could never be with a person, but this is the whole point of healing. Because if we do not heal and do the things that we need to do, a lot of us would end up with somebody that will that could take us through and being with a narcissistic person is not cute. They will gaslight you. Ooh, child. Who? And if y'all, I shared it on my Facebook. It's a TikTok to let you know true narcissistic people are the most, they're very, they almost, cause all of it don't come out when people, because a lot of people think about narcissistic men because most of them are violent, but some of them, when they know that you can catch more flies with honey, <laughs> that's when you get the ones that you always got a woe is me story. Everything is, the tears is going to come. The fragility is going to come. Narcissistic women, is they, they don't do it much with violence like that. They would portray a part where they could get volatile to make, to 
to give you an intimidation point. But usually when it's a conversation or you talking about them, it's always something that you did or they did it because you wanted to like they didn't have the option to say no. And it's always going to be in a conversation to make you seem like you bought this on yourself. But you no, no, you really didn't. It's going to have you going back questioning. Am I really fucking crazy? Yeah. But dealing with one is a life lesson to let you know, to test yourself, to see if you lost your sisters, you fucking crazy or not. My thing is you don't have to retaliate. Only thing that you have to do really is acknowledge what you're feeling and give yourself time and due process to deal with that. And even when you see that person face to face, that person already know what they didn't did, what they have done. That person really, truly knows their true intent and where they are. And the only thing that you have to do is forgive yourself and let it go. Because that person is, for those who made it out, that person is a true lesson for you. You don't have to have it a free memory in your head of, oh my God, da, 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 da. you don't even have to give it no more energy. Now, the good things that you remember, remember them. Because overall, with narcissistic people, it ain't like they're 100% trash. They got some pretty good qualities about them at some point. Because that's how they have to, you know, get into your circle. Toxic, they have their own traumas that they're not dealing with. It is what it is. But you could continue to be the bigger person. But you do not have to deny what you went through because you still went through a toxic, traumatic situation. No, you ain't got to put your business out there in the streets, but it is okay to talk about it. It's okay to express how you felt and what you went through. And you don't have to lock yourself down and say, see, this is why I don't tell nobody nothing. If that narcissistic person chooses to use the information or the moments that you confided, confided in them as weapons, then, hey, that's what they can do. Because one thing I can tell the person that is going through and you're on the other side, whatever version of you that they want to go tell to the masses, that per that version of you is expired. They no longer exist because you know you've grown. You know you're not the same. And you be proud of those moments that it was like, shit, I used to be a mess child. Woo! So you can high five the rest of your peers that then came through because you used that season of your life for what it was for, supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for growth. And don't get upset with yourself because you can't control the intent and the purpose behind somebody else. You cannot do that. What you can do is acknowledge what you did and how you got here and look back, look back at everything as stepping points. When, even when you go to be like, I can't believe this motherfucker did such and such. Well, don't look at it like that. It's like, okay, what I can believe is I'm glad I'm not that no more where I will allow another person to do that. When I see the flags now, I can see them. Thank God I went through this to reveal the little sh the little shade that was over my third eye so I'd be able to have the vision that I need to be free of all of it. So when you truly see that person, they don't have no power over you emotionally at all. It's almost like it's a distant memory. You don't wish them harm. 
you, you, you don't, you just don't have no feeling at all. Hope for the best. Cause you want every person out here to win. That has absolutely nothing to do with you. I hope that person you, you know, it's to the point it's like, you wish them nothing but the best, but you don't really think about them. Is that's how you get to the root, getting to the root of what is really the root of really what is bothering you when it comes to what happened. Once you crack it open, it's like, okay. Let me sit in this feeling for a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. <sighs> Growth point. I'll do better next time. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much <laughs> how you have to look at it where it won't follow you around. You can't control the choices of somebody else. And I think for a lot of us, real talk, we get so wrapped up because once once it reveals what a narcissist has done and you look back and you just see, oh, my God, I didn't see it when they was doing it to such and such. It when they when I sat up there and watched them do this and this, this, this is what this was. So we get so caught up in, oh, my God, what lies they going to tell on me or how are they going to change the story to the negative to make me look like the bad person? And then I had to be like, but I'm OK with being a bad person. I'm OK with that narrative. I'm okay with whatever narrative that person has to paint of me because whatever narrative that you painted, either that person doesn't exist or that a person doesn't exist anymore. And if whoever that narcissist paint that picture to and they evaporate out your life or they distance themselves from your life, trust me, they did you a favor. Because two things is going to guarantee to happen. Either they are just like them. And birds of a feather flock together. Or that person needs to be in their life because they have to see something and they have to grow. And you just need to be there when they come out. Because when they come out, it'll be like, girl, you survive. Yes, we survive. We survive the traumatic. But what did you learn? What did you gain? And even to some things of being so much in your lane or try not to be messy because what got me into what started it where I couldn't see is I'm a type of person where I don't do mess. I will stay so far in your lane. If you want to tell it to me, tell it to me. If you don't, you don't. I'm not going to pry. I'm not going to ask because if I really care about you and want to put good vibrations out there, pray for you, meditate for you, for healing and all that, I don't need to know what's wrong because the universe knows what's wrong. You know what's wrong. And I can send true intent through those vibrations. So I feel like that. But sometimes I can stay in my own lane and be in my purpose where I don't ask certain questions. Or certain things. So I, I miss the mark on things. To put things together. And it's not so much to judge a person. It's so much to make sure I'm protected. Because I'm confiding with it. So you know. You, you live. You learn. You do what you need to do. It is what it is. It also dealing with this. Dealing with this person in the relationship wise. It made me really value the fact like. Girl you. Before you and your husband or anything. Y'all are fucking human. You know. And with that, the only thing that's perfect for me is every day. And I ain't even going to say it's perfect. It's consistent. It's every day I get up to strive just to be better than I was the day before. Some things about me, they just are what they are. I, I'm going to be physically imperfected. I'm, the only thing that I'm going to get close to being good at is just learning that every day I have to learn and every day I have to grow in some areas and don't fight the funk with it. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's a message that's for you too. And it's going to be some things that you're going to run across some people that you're not going to be able to see them right away. That it's going to, you have to go through some things and grow from some things. And it's going to be like, aha. But don't feel bad or hold that guilt or beat yourself up about like how, no, them motherfuckers did what they did by the choices that they did it with. Kudos to you that you see it. Move the fuck on. Kudos that you see it and you don't want to be a part of it. Like on Waiting to Exhale, when she was talking to, when Whitney was talking to the dude and see, cause this is what they do. Try to, oh, oh, it was all good when we was together. And how can they say that about me? Cause when we was together, yep, you got damn right. I did all that. But the difference between me and you is I left. I'm done. I'm not that asshole that you are, but you're still continuing to be that. I've decided to grow and you didn't. So bang, bang on you and I'm out. And walk away with no care in the world because no matter what they say, like I said, I'm going to repeat, no matter what that narcissistic person say about you, whatever rumors they spread, however, because the only to, because the whole point to anybody else is never to uplift you. They're going to try to make you look bad because they can't t- make you look like the light that you are because then the blame will be on them and narcissistic people can't do that. So whatever light they have to hold on, they may be telling some old truths about you that really did exist you can't be ashamed of that old truth because that's who you used to be and any person that's holding on to your scraps of who you used to be you let them sit their ass over there in that uh decaying pit of holding on to who you used to be because that person is gone and and just know that and walk in that cockiness of that that's how you counteract of that not eating you up on the inside you get what i'm saying and that's just how that's the way you deal with it and keep moving forward where you don't turn around and let that person pull you back into their energy regardless if they because if they can pull you back in that negative energy they keep you in a space where you're not creating you're not moving on you blocking your blessings you find yourself internalizing shit you ain't got no business doing doing it ain't nobody got time for that girl you don't want to get no wrinkles and then that defeats the growth. That defeats the come through if you're still going to let that that power of what happened control you. Because please believe, they're not thinking about you. Not like that. They just try to move on to their next situation and what they got going on and what's on. Because they, they ain't wasting their time thinking about you. Now, you might be the topic of some of their conversations to appeal to the point that a narcissistic person is trying to put out to the masses. But please believe they every day, what they do, they ain't thinking about your ass. It is what it is. It's done what it's done. Unless you still fit a narrative for them to use somebody else. But it's really not, a, a, it has nothing to really do with you. So know that as well. That should that help you move the fuck along with it. And just don't give it no more power. But you talking about it so you can deal with it with somebody that you trust. Therapist, a friend. Another person that, you know, dealt with them. And it's not like you're looking for a trauma, buddy. Because you're not looking for that. Because there's some people that's out here. They become friends that, you know, over disliking somebody else. Make sure you already have a friend that was with me. I talked to my sister wives and stuff about what happened with me. Because they, we all dealt with the same person. And it's, it's we was together before and we're definitely together after. And we're people that can speak the truth because shit, it is what it is. But once I talk about it to get it out, I have to get the shit out. And then because I know my purpose for people to grow and learn at some point, I have to share certain parts for people to know that they're not crazy and you need to get over this. 
and we'll get through this because you can't don't go over it because that suppresses something you're gonna get through it and deal with it and recognize it to become the best version it to become unfuckwittable and that's just it so i ain't gonna hold you good people no longer if you take from it you take from it remember what i said about my viewers i'm so happy i'm about to start on season two um i'm looking forward to better guests and bigger and brighter things hey i got people from germany and vietnam listening come on through now come on through that mean i'm working my way up working my way up what what working my way up working my way up what what hey 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 thank you once again for listening have a wonderful wonderful day and once again love peace and fish grease Hey, 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 good people out there. Welcome to Coffee with Mrs. Crawford. How are you guys doing? Hey, I hope everybody is well. I hope everybody had a great week. And celebrated with your family and friends if you did so. I hope everybody is on their way. Ooh, I cannot believe... I am 10 episodes in to my podcast and I feel super, super, super duper excited. Um, I feel so excited that I want to thank all my listeners that have been listening to me thus far. I do appreciate each and every one of you guys for being there and listening to me and taking your time out because you can be listening to anybody and yet you chose me and I am so appreciative of that fact. Trust and believe. So for my listeners out there, anybody that is listening to this particular episode, what I need you to do is go to um, either my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Ebony Crawford. Excuse me. It's Ebony underscore Crawford. Find me under there, or you can find me on TikTok, EbDelibra1982, or you can go to my YouTube channel, um, Coffee with Mrs. Crawford. You know what? Actually, that's what I want you to do. Go to my YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed, subscribe to my YouTube channel and go to any video, and I want you to leave the comment, podcast episode 10 that's what I want you to do and from that point I will pick a person to send a nice little gift to and I will comment and get your contact information I'm gonna send you a nice little self-care package um, as an appreciation for listening to my podcast and that's how I know you listen because you're gonna follow the directions once again go to my coffee with mrs. Crawford YouTube channel either subscribe if you have not subscribed if you are already subscribed leave the comment podcast episode 10 on any video that you want to watch and i know who you are and who to choose from so hey 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 let's get into it let me get my stage burn you know let me make sure you know what i'm saying know what i'm saying make sure we get the vibes right before we get into this thing so you know as a life coach i'm always at the point where i'm trying to help others grow And the best thing about growth is experiencing going through something. And I think what helps a lot of people take it to the next step and be able to take accountability or, you know, make that step to go to a therapist is when you hear somebody else 
give a testimony or say some things that you may be going through that you don't want to express or say in a public fashion. And that's what I appreciate so much about my purpose, man, that I'm not trapped in a box of, you know, hiding behind things because I know that I'm flawed. And I also know that I cannot be the that gifted to be the only person going through it. And even if I am, thank you for the gift. So I have time to spread the knowledge for the help you come on through that thing. So um, one thing that I want to talk about is I'm, I am dealing with something very personal, but I'm glad I am dealing with it in, in the way that I'm dealing with it so I can help people, especially people like me. Um, and I just got out of of a relationship with a narcissistic person (laughs) and I didn't realize that that's what they were until you come all the way through. And you know, what's so crazy. And I still thank my lucky charms that I met this person. I still thank the universe for sending this person my way because baby, this person was a true reflection of everything that I did not, that I was and shit that I did not want to be. And I am so happy that I was at a point in my life where I was ready to heal or accepting whatever that was that I needed to heal. It was going to do. And that meant seeing myself or Lord accountability, which is a tough pill to swallow. But I I got it down because it ain't like I was picture perfect. I had some shit to do. And I, you know what? And that was my biggest thing because it's being a Libra. I don't really care what the masses have to say about me, but the people that are close to me or I deem important, they opinion of me really, really matter. It altered and swayed my thought process in a lot. And the one thing that um, was a big thing for me is because I'm a protector and so in my relationship, cause y'all know I'm gonna give it to you raw. I don't go out talking about somebody if I don't talk about me first. So, you know, I'm gonna give it to you cut, dry, and raw. That's what I do. So buckle up. So nevertheless, however the comma, I'm a person of a, of a protector. When I feel like I love you, I do my best to protect you. That's mentally, spiritually, and even to how other people was made for other people. I said people's Lord Jesus, other people may perceive you. So. One of the downfalls in me and my husband marriage, uh, uh, in my, huh, one of the things that me and my husband need to grow from is me trying to protect him from the world. Because overall, he was a great person and a good black man. And we know in this society, it ain't many of them out here as we, as we feel. So I was so ignorant to the point where I felt like, if you had certain flaws or certain things that you needed to grow from, uh, I couldn't reveal that to anybody because then that will diminish this, this perfect picture that I have built up in my mind and perfection in my mind wasn't necessarily flawed free, but it's just like he lacked communication skills. Shit. So did I, um, he still was in a, point of being impressionable trying to work so hard to appease somebody so did I our communication wasn't trash but it was not that great either because I was not communicating for results I was communicating to prove that I was right that's a Libra thing uh 
And then I also learned because of the position and the purpose that me and my husband have, because we was, we were destined for each other that I had to heal first. And then he will follow because he trusted me. My husband has mental disabilities and mental disorders. And I did not live in that truth. And neither did he because hell black men get persecuted for the worse. You know what I'm saying? And you try so best to be normal that you try to really not to depend on that. And also when you love somebody, I don't care who you are. When you love somebody, you don't want to put more burden on them than you can bear. But nevertheless, me and my husband was at a point where I know we were good, but it was something just fucked up because I was crying all the fucking time, mad, but can't communicate, frustrated because I'm not communicating to listen. I'm communicating for him to tell me I'm right. But going into it already prepared for at some point to kind of push him out the door because I'm still holding on to the traumas of my last relationship because how we came together. I was over the man, but I wasn't over the traumas and I kind of lived him up to those certain extents. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I said? If I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it all. So you go through those things and you, you learn how to process them. And it's like, wow. You do what you do. And some couples have have to learn that. That's why when I say in a poly community, hey, fuck them couples. I'm a great couple, but it's some couples that are refusing just to do things that they're supposed to do. And if you don't heal properly, couples can't see the singles that's coming into your life to wreck y'all either. So it's it's a cycle of a whole bunch of things. But nevertheless, however, the comma. The breakup did not go as well as we wanted it to go because it was kids involved. And when you involve kids, I don't care if you're monogamous, polyamorous, whatever the case may be, you don't want to hurt the children in the process. You just don't want to do that. So you try your best to be as civil as possible. And it do get to a point where with me, with us, it didn't get like blown up out in the street, messy. Well, not for my end, um, but it did not end on the best result between all of us. And for that, you know, you take your blows when you take your blows. But the thing that had got me is I was not mad because no matter what had happened, I knew the growth process and everything that I saw from my issues to my strong issues that was just stuff I dealt with, the traumas that I was able to see. Thank you. Thank you so much for them keys. Cause regardless of how it is, that person still came with them keys. And I was happy that I made the choice to unlock those doors. But the thing that had got me at the end is because I wasn't mad and I was never upset. Like, ah, da, 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 da. But I think the thing that got me is when I was able to really start to see this person. And see them for who they was when the layers peeled back piece by piece. And the moment that I realized that I was with a narcissist, I almost couldn't believe it. So this is the part of the story where it's the message and people go through what they go through. Because of my strong personality and how I viewed myself, I didn't ever think that I would end up with a narcissist. But here we are. 
And with the spirit that I had had, anybody that's a Libra already know we will think and we will think and we will think and we will think and we will go back and be like, okay, especially those of us Libras that are at a point of healing, because the whole point that we're thinking about is why is it bothering us? You didn't blocked off the energy when people didn't came to you with the, you know, because anytime anybody go through a breakup, somebody's going to be the one that's running their mouth or saying something and people going or people just being messy, trying to figure out all what didn't happen. So you already know that you're super mature for that. You already know that it's going to be like, hey, nothing, whatever somebody told you, because sometimes people will just flat out lie to fish. I know that too. So I said, well, whatever she told you, told you, because then you ain't got no information. And if she did tell you anything, it is what it is. Cause I'm not here to rebuttal or debute anything. But my biggest thing, and I think a lot of people where they can't move past and I'm here to help you is I think we get wrapped up in how did we get here? And then that little urge for, I'm about to tell you about your motherfucking self. How could you? That speech. It's like we're looking for that moment to tell that person how they fucked us over. But the, the, the trick about that is that person already know. That person already knows what they did and what they didn't do and what they're going to do and what they're going to continue to do. It's already a master plan. And how to be comfortable with letting that spirit die. And this is what you do. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that somewhere in yourself that when you see this person, you would love to slap the fucking shit out of this person. But you can't. Because what purpose does it serve? All that energy that you're walking around waiting. I can't wait to see them because it ain't like you going you still a bigger person, so you ain't going to put it out on no Facebook. You're not going to hit them up on no Instagram. You probably got them blocked from everything because every day, day by day, you're moving on and you're, you're the bigger person, so you mature. But in the back of your mind on some days, it's still fucking with you. Like, what is it? Because I'm not upset and I'm not heartbroken. You know what I'm saying? You go through that emotion. I'm not heartbroken where I'm up in no tears or crying and no shit like that. I'm not in no eating binges or whatever. And it doesn't really cross my mind, but from time to time, when you peel back to pieces and you have those conversations, it's like, what is it that keeps poking me on the shoulder? And it's that little spirit to be like, you know what? You thought that you could never be with a person, but this is the whole point of healing. Because if we do not heal and do the things that we need to do, a lot of us will end up with somebody that will that could take us through and being with a narcissistic person is not cute. They will gaslight you. Ooh, child. Who? And if y'all, I shared it on my Facebook. It's a TikTok to let you know true narcissistic people are the most, they're very, they almost, cause all of it don't come out when people, because a lot of people think about narcissistic men, cause most of them are violent, but some of them, when they know that you can catch more flies with honey, <laughs> that's when you get the ones that you always got a woe is me story. Everything is, the tears is going to come. The fragility is going to come. Narcissistic women, is they, they don't do it much with violence like that. They would portray a part where they could get volatile to make, to 
to give you an intimidation point. But usually when it's a conversation or you talking about them, it's always something that you did or they did it because you wanted to like they didn't have the option to say no. And it's always going to be in a conversation to make you seem like you bought this on yourself. But you know, no, you really didn't. It's going to have you going back questioning. Am I really fucking crazy? Yeah. But dealing with one is a life lesson to let you know, to test yourself, to see if you lost your sisters, you fucking crazy or not. My thing is you don't have to retaliate. Only thing that you have to do really is acknowledge what you're feeling and give yourself time and due process to deal with that. And even when you see that person face to face, that person already know what they didn't did, what they have done. That person really, truly knows their true intent and where they are. And the only thing that you have to do is forgive yourself and let it go. Because that person is, for those who've made it out, that person is a true lesson for you. You don't have to have it a free memory in your head of, oh my God, da 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 da. You don't even have to give it no more energy. Now, the good things that you remember, remember them. Because overall, with narcissistic people, it ain't like they're 100% trash. They got some pretty good qualities about them at some point. Because that's how they have to, you know, get into your circle toxic they have their own traumas that they're not dealing with it is what it is but you could continue to be the bigger person but you do not have to deny what you went through because you still went through a toxic traumatic situation no you ain't got to put your business out there in the streets but it is okay to talk about it it's okay to express how you felt and what you went through And you don't have to lock yourself down and say, see, this is why I don't tell nobody nothing. If that narcissistic person chooses to use the information or the moments that you confided, confided in them as weapons, then, hey, that's what they can do. Because one thing I can tell the person that is going through and you're on the other side, whatever version of you that they want to go tell to the masses, that per that version of you is expired. They no longer exist because you know you've grown. You know you're not the same. And you be proud of those moments that it was like, shit, I used to be a mess child. Woo! So you can high five the rest of your peers that then came through because you used that season of your life for what it was for, supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for growth. And don't get upset with yourself because you can't control the intent and the purpose behind somebody else. You cannot do that. What you can do is acknowledge what you did and how you got here and look back, look back at everything as stepping points. When, even when you go to be like, I can't believe this motherfucker did such and such. Well, don't look at it like that. It's like, okay, what I can believe is I'm glad I'm not that no more where I will allow another person to do that. When I see the flags now, I can see them. Thank God I went through this to reveal the little sh the little shade that was over my third eye so I'd be able to have the vision that I need to be free of all of it. So when you truly see that person, they don't have no power over you emotionally at all. It's almost like it's a distant memory. You don't wish them harm. 
you, you, you don't, you just don't have no feeling at all. Hope for the best because you want every person out here to win. That has absolutely nothing to do with you. I hope that person, you you know, it's to the point. It's like you wish nothing but the best, but you don't really think about them. Is that's how you get to the root, getting to the root of what is really the root of really what is bothering you when it comes to what happened. Once you crack it open, it's like, okay, let me sit in this feeling for a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. Growth point. I'll do better next time. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much <laughs> how you have to look at it where it won't follow you around. You can't control the choices of somebody else. And I think for a lot of us, real talk, we get so wrapped up because once once it reveals what a narcissist has done and you look back and you just see, oh my God, I didn't see it when they was doing it to such and such it. When they, when I sat up there and watched them do this and this, this, this is what this was. So we get so caught up in, oh my God, what lies they going to tell on me or how are they going to change the story to the negative to make me look like the bad person. And then I had to be like, but I'm okay with being the bad person. I'm okay with that narrative. I'm okay with whatever narrative that person has to paint on me because whatever narrative that you painted, either that person doesn't exist or that a person doesn't exist anymore. And if whoever that narcissist paint that picture to and they evaporate out your life or they distance themselves from your life, trust me, they did you a favor. Because two things is going to guarantee to happen. Either they are just like them. And birds of a feather flock together. Or that person needs to be in their life because they have to see something and they have to grow. And you just need to be there when they come out. Because when they come out, it'll be like, girl, you survive. Yes, we survive. We survive the traumatic. But what did you learn? What did you gain? And even to some things of being so much in your lane or try not to be messy because what got me into what started it where I couldn't see is I'm a type of person where I don't do mess. I will stay so far in your lane. If you want to tell it to me, tell it to me. If you don't, you don't. I'm not going to pry. I'm not going to ask because if I really care about you and want to put good vibrations out there, pray for you, meditate for you, for healing and all that, I don't need to know what's wrong because the universe knows what's wrong. You know what's wrong. And I can send true intent through those vibrations. So I feel like that. But sometimes I can stay in my own lane and be in my purpose where I don't ask certain questions. Or certain things. So I, I miss the mark on things. To put things together. And it's not so much to judge a person. It's so much to make sure I'm protected. Because I'm confiding with it. So you know. You, you live. You learn. You do what you need to do. It is what it is. It also dealing with this. Dealing with this person in the relationship wise. It made me really value the fact like. Girl you. Before you and your husband are anything. Y'all are fucking human. You know. And with that, the only thing that's perfect for me is every day. And I ain't even going to say it's perfect. It's consistent. It's every day I get up to strive just to be better than I was the day before. Some things about me, they just are what they are. I, I'm going to be physically imperfected. Um, the only thing that I'm going to get close to being good at is just learning that every day I have to learn and every day I have to grow in some areas and don't fight the funk with it. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's a message that's for you too. And it's going to be some things that you're going to run across some people that you're not going to be able to see them right away. That it's going to, you have to go through some things and grow from some things. And it's going to be like, aha, but don't feel bad or hold that guilt or beat yourself up about like how, no, them motherfuckers did what they did by the choices that they did it with. Kudos to you that you see it. Move the fuck on. Kudos that you see it and you don't want to be a part of it. Like on Waiting to Exhale, when she was talking to, when Whitney was talking to the dude and see, cause this is what they do. Try to, oh, oh, it was all good when we was together. And how can they say that about me? Cause when we was together, yep, you got damn right. I did all that. But the difference between me and you is I left. I'm done. I'm not that asshole that you are, but you're still continuing to be that. I've decided to grow and you didn't. So bang, bang on you and I'm out. And walk away with no care in the world because no matter what they say, like I said, I'm going to repeat, no matter what that narcissistic said person say about you, whatever rumors they spread, however, because the only to, because the whole point to anybody else is never to uplift you. They're going to try to make you look bad because they can't t- make you look like the light that you are because then the blame will be on them and narcissistic people can't do that. So whatever light they have to hold on, they may be telling some old truths about you that really did exist you can't be ashamed of that old truth because that's who you used to be and any person that's holding on to your scraps of who you used to be you let them sit their ass over there in that uh decaying pit of holding on to who you used to be because that person is gone and and just know that and walk in that cockiness of that that's how you counteract of that not eating you up on the inside you get what i'm saying and that's just how and that's the way you deal with it and keep moving forward where you don't turn around and let that person pull you back into their energy regardless if they because if they can pull you back in that negative energy they keep you in a space where you're not creating you're not moving on you blocking your blessings you find yourself internalizing shit you ain't got no business doing doing it ain't nobody got time for that girl you don't want to get no wrinkles and then that defeats the growth. That defeats the come through if you're still going to let that that power of what happened control you. Because please believe they're not thinking about you. Not like that. They just try to move on to their next situation and what they got going on and what's on. Because they, they ain't wasting their time thinking about you. Now, you might be the topic of some of their conversations to appeal to the point that a narcissistic person is trying to put out to the masses. But please believe they every day, what they do, they ain't thinking about your ass. It is what it is. It's done what it's done. Unless you still fit a narrative for them to use somebody else. But it's really not, a, a, it has nothing to really do with you. So know that as well. That should that help you move the fuck along with it. And just don't give it no more power. But you talking about it so you can deal with it with somebody that you trust. Therapist, a friend. Another person that, you know, dealt with them. And it's not like you're looking for a trauma, buddy. Because you're not looking for that. Because there's some people that's out here. They become friends that, you know, over disliking somebody else. Make sure you already have a friend. It was with me. I talked to my sister wives and stuff about what happened with me. Because they, we all dealt with the same person. And it's, it's we was together before and we're definitely together after. And we're people that can speak the truth because shit, it is what it is. But once I talk about it to get it out, I have to get the shit out. And then because I know my purpose for people to grow and learn at some point, I have to share 
certain parts for people to know that they're not crazy and you need to get over this and we'll get through this because you can't don't go over it because that suppresses something you're gonna get through it and deal with it and recognize it to become the best version it to become unfuckable and that's just it so i ain't gonna hold you good people no longer if you take from it you take from it remember what i said about my viewers i'm so happy i'm about to start on season two um i'm looking forward to better guests and bigger and brighter things hey i got people from germany and vietnam listening come on through now come on through that being i'm working my way up working my way up what what working my way up working my way up what what hey 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 thank you once again for listening have a wonderful wonderful day and once again love peace of fish crease